As always, <clears throat> it is so good to be with you, and you truly are a wonderful, wonderful group. What a great family we make, right? It truly is a wonderful thing. People have been asking me a lot of questions lately about religious vocations. Now that the pre-shortage is beginning to impact larger parishes in the diocese, like St. Albert the Great, you know, uh, when you think of the size of St. Albert, you think that we're down to one priest. It's, uh, it's quite substantial, isn't it? But did you know this? That in some of the, in the northern states, uh, the priest to parishioner ratio can be as much as one in 10,000. Think of that. Uh, think of how trying to do that. So, I mean, that's pretty amazing. But in light of the in the light of the shortage that we have in priests, and then the, the readings today are especially geared to the notion of sending, of co being called, of being sent out to share the good news of Jesus. I thought it'd be a good time just to take a few minutes to look at what Paul described to Timothy as the noble calling of a religious vocation. Well, you might say, you know, I'm not uh, really, that's not my direction. Well, this really doesn't have anything to do with me. Well, that's absolutely not true. Every person, everyone in this room has some role to play, whether it be to, to discern the call to the religious life or to encourage people. But everybody has a role to play. So listen, if you would, just for a few moments. The first thing that has to be remembered is that God issues the call. God is the one who issues the call. See, vocation is a word that is derived from the Latin word vocare, which sounds like vocation, doesn't it? And it means to call. That's what it means. And, and so with all vocations, uh, no matter what that vocation is, being a priest, a deacon, or a religious man or woman, any of those in the consecrated life, it's not something that we decide. We discern it, but it's not something that we decide, but God issues the call. And God issues the call through, like everything else in our faith, through the, through the church. Well, God calls you. It's not something, uh, it's sort of like there, there's that phrase in the scripture where it says, some are sent and some just went. Well, you know, some are sent. That's the one you want to be in and not just go and do it. Um, I really like how John Paul II, the Saint John Paul II, put it in, a, in one of his letters to the church. He, he titled it this, I will give you shepherds. I will give you shepherds. And then he's, what he's doing is he's quoting right out of the third chapter of Jeremiah. When God was saying to the people, I will give you shepherds. I will take care of you, shepherds after my own heart. Because, unfortunately, at the time that Jeremiah was speaking these words and God was speaking through him, uh, many in the priesthood had become corrupt. So he goes on to say in Jeremiah, I will set shepherds over them and they shall fear no more nor be dismayed. That's a promise from God. I, you know, I, I always trust in God's promise. I don't have any doubt in my mind that God, God's not pulling back on issuing the call to the priesthood or 
the religious life or the diaconate or any of these things like that. He's not doing that. Um, I, I have heard people tell me today that they are reluctant. People literally tell me this, especially when I was discerning the priesthood, uh, that with a religious vocation, that they don't want to be associated with it because it's tarnished by church scandal. Uh, it's a tarnished thing. It's not something that people respect. It's not something that people look up to. Excuse me. Well, it is, it is tarnished, and it's regrettable. And it's going to take a long time to rebuild and all the lives that have been about whether. But remember this. It's not what people think about whether or not God issues you a call. It's about God issuing you the call. That's what matters. Think about Jesus. Think about the situation he went in. He humbled himself, didn't he? Uh, it's not about your honor. It's not about your reputation, but it's about God saying, go. If God says go, boy, you better get out there. So remember, God issues the call. The second thing is that when God calls, we must cooperate. Now, this is really important. Um, it's called, the process is called discernment. Have you ever heard that? Have you ever heard the word discernment to discern what it is that you need to do? Now, I'm, I, my boss at the airport told me just before I left to, to go, into the, go into the Catholic Church life, he said, you're an anomaly. That's what you are. He said, I can't make sense out of you. Uh, because of where you're going and what you're getting ready to do. But, uh, you know, I was discerning. I was discerning what God was calling me to do in my life. And that's what's important. And it took me 18 years to do that. That's a long time, isn't it? Actually, I, only had, I think once you hit 50, you, they won't even consider you for the priesthood anymore because of your age. So I was right there at the end of it. So I just got in right under the, under the mark on that one because uh, it took so long. But it's not about the length of time. What's, what's important in discernment is being open, being receptive to the movement of the Holy Spirit. That's what matters. That's what matters. Uh, see, here's something really important to remember about the call of the religious life. The number, of the number of invitations to religious vocations from the Holy Spirit has not decreased. It hasn't. Now, we've seen a sharp drop in the number of people that are going into these ministries and into these services, but the call has not decreased. I mean, God's not going to, you know, he's not going to be stingy uh, for his people. He loves his people. He loves them very much, and so what he's going to do is he's going to issue the call. It's sort of like what we heard in the first reading, the prophet. Uh, the people were criticizing him because he wasn't from the line of priests. If you, back in that day, to be a priest, you had to be from the tribe of Levi. Well, he wasn't. He wasn't from that. He was, he, he was a tree dresser was what he was, but he said, God called me. And I'm going to do what, he, what he's called me to do. And that's, that's exactly uh, what it is that we're called to do. Uh, church, church leaders today tend to think, particularly in the United States and Europe as well, that the problem is hardness of hearing. Well, I got a problem with that. I can't hardly hear it all. You know that. I tell you, my hearing is terrible. But hardness of spiritual hearing. Maybe think of it that way. 
uh, and that's because, well, the demands of the religious life, you know, the demands of living a life of poverty or a life of chastity, a life of obedience. Um, let me say this. If God's calling you, if God has his hand upon you and is calling you to religious vocation, you're not giving up anything. You're not giving up a thing. Actually, you're gaining everything. Uh, nothing to give up because it's who you are in God. That's what God's call is in your life. See, the joys are immense. The joys are beyond measure. It's not about material possessions. It's not about who I have to answer to. It's about God placing his hand on you and saying, go. Go, I'm, I'm calling you like he did the, the 12 today. He said, go, didn't he? Sent him out two by two, out and said, go tell people the good news. You know, what is a karma life? These, these, uh, what about the ladies, the men who live in seclusion? What about them? What, what have they given up after they pray and they're, they're caught up in a state of ecstasy or rapture? What, what have they given up? Uh, I like what Teresa of Avila said. She said that she described herself as being on fire with a great love of God. There's no giving up on that. Or ask the Franciscan brother, what's his losses? What's he giving up after being so filled with the Holy Spirit that he praises God that he owns nothing but possesses everything? Think about that. Is it, is it, you know, is it really about the material things and stuff like that? Or ask the priest, yeah, ask me, um, what it's like to stand at the altar and ask the Holy Spirit to come down and consecrate ordinary bread and wine into the body and blood of Jesus? Wow, that's, a, that's amazing. Well, you're not giving anything up. I could go on and on with illustrations and examples, but there's no greater call See, this is the core issue. There's no greater call than to be in the center of God's will for your life. Whatever that is, that's what, that's what matters. What we're called to do is cooperate. The final thing is that families, friends, and the church should wholeheartedly endorse those who are discerning a call. Uh, this one really concerns me today. Um, because supporting a call is something that's done by the individual families and it's being done by the, the community, the parish family at large. Um, I like what St. John Paul II said in, in his letter, I Will Give You Shepherds. He says this, the time has come to speak courageously about the religious life as a priceless gift and a splendid, privileged form of Christian living. Don't hold back. Don't hold back. He says we should not be afraid to set forth explicitly and forcefully the religious vocation as a real possibility to those, to those who have demonstrated the necessary gifts and talents. Once again, it's about God's calling. There should be no fear. See, what he's saying is no fear that somebody is conditioning another person or limiting their freedom or imposing themselves. But 
you are trying to make an invitation to someone to consider. All, all you're doing is asking them to discern. I'd say more people that discern the religious life, religious vocations, I'd say it's probably 50-50 how many actually end up going into the religious life. But let me ask you this question. How many times have you encouraged somebody in your family to go into the religious life, to consider it? You know, that's sort of a good test of how, what we really think about religious vocations. How many times have you said to your son, your daughter, you know, whomever, have you considered the religious life? You know, that's what we need to do. And I think people will respond. It, it's an absolute given. They've proven it statistically uh, that when we invite people to the religious life, there will be those who will accept it. And one of the greatest ways to do that is to make that invitation. So I'd like to leave you with a couple of thoughts for reflection this evening. Who do you know right now? Who do you know in your family that you need to encourage to consider a religious vocation? And the second thing is this. I hope that I'm talking to somebody today that's feeling that inner prompting of the spirit to discern the religious life, the religious vocation. If so, let me know. I'd love to talk with you about it. God bless all of you.